I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. If you are new here, you will find all things fun, hippie, woo-woo, and metaphysical, plus happiness. I just can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you tuning into the show every week, and I try to bring you the most fabulous guests imaginable. If you are craving more happiness after listening to this podcast, check out BUFindHappy.com, where you'll find all sorts of tangible tools, tips, tricks, and resources to incorporate more happiness in your life. Learn to speak your truth with grace and live a courageous life of authenticity. And remember, if you like this podcast, please click subscribe. Hello, Robert, and welcome to the BU Find Happy podcast. We're going to talk all things blowing the lid off, feeling inferior, uh, how to think freely and uh, create unapologetically. uh, Well, that just doesn't make any sense at all. Create an unapologetic life. (laughs) My coffee has not settled in yet. So could you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and how you got into the world of being um, a transformational speaker? Fantastic. Um, Thank you so much for having me. I am a recovering procrastinator. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am qualified as an accountant, um, but I'm someone who's sort of a seeker. I'm someone who always seeks to find my path in life. I've done that since I was small. Um, so not allowing the labels of a profession to interfere with my destiny. Actually, I say that, look, I never allow anyone or anything to distract me from my destiny, not even myself. So I, um, in that process of recovering as a procrastinator is overcoming self-doubt. Um, and I just decided to break away from the barriers of profession or labels of society and then I started to spread this message. And as I started to spread this message, I became a speaker. And as I became a speaker, I became an author. As I became an author, I became probably perhaps an influencer. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I read this, uh, well, I don't know if it was a TED Talk or an article or both. It's been so long ago now. But uh, it was a study that was done on procrastination. And it kind of said that there's like, uh, th- there's twofold. So these people were given this task and if they were told they had to do it right away, um, like immediately get started, they actually, um, and then a second group was told, okay, you need to ponder this activity for about a week and then you need to get started and your time will begin then. And then the third group was told, um, you know, that they could take as long as they wanted to get started and then turn it in by this date. And what they found was that the people who started right away and the people who procrastinated forever did really terrible, did like equally terrible. But the people who pondered for a period of time, like took just a little bit of time to kind of um, maybe continue about their life, but allow the, the, you know, their subconscious to kind of start doing some work actually did the best. 
which is really interesting. So I've kind of taken that approach to my life, but I find myself, you know, that I have times or things where I'm like, definitely procrastinating. <laughs> and then <laughs> what I find is interesting is that when I uh, actually get started, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. You know? Yeah. That's, that's, I, I remember reading a study similar to that. I, I know the one you're talking about. I've, I've also read it. And that's why the mantra of my life is MAMI, M-A-M-I, which stands for minor adjustments that give major improvements. I'm all for getting started now. You know, just a bit of prep, you know, a bit of prep, bit of incubation, but just get started. Because clarity comes when you start the journey. Uh, you can't have clarity before you start the journey. So you just got to get started. And then you keep making minor adjustments. I think what happens um, with procrastination is that we're looking for perfection. We're trying to look for perfection. We we are perfectionists at that point. And what that means on a deeper level, which is why I'm a transformational speaker, I don't consider myself a motivational speaker because um, I find that to be a bit shallow. Um, I'm a transformational speaker because I go to deeper dimensions of our existence. And I find that the areas that we procrastinate a lot in our lives, we procrastinate about it a lot because it's trying to reveal the deep authentic part of us and we're scared we're scared to actually see who we are it's not even about the failure because i know there are tasks that we procrastinate on not because we know we're going to fail but it's just it's revealing a part of us that we don't feel that confident about well it's interesting the truth is if you don't ever get started you're not ever going to really put that mind process to it so i like that i like what you said about that that you know it's just you, you can't start living that dream until you've had the thought. And once you kind of start in that process is when you start to see the potential and the possibility. And I agree with you. I don't think it's so much about failure. I do. I work with people who, you know, gosh, if I had a nickel or a dime for every time they could find an excuse for some reason that it's not going to be perfect straight out the gate. You know, like I've always wanted to get into ceramics and I've procrastinated it mm -hmm. for many years for various reasons. And and not to say that it's necessarily a procrastination, but I really just felt like I was putting energy towards other things and, and that sort of thing. But then when I went to start this time, I was like checking myself on these thoughts of like, I need this. I need to have that. I need to know how to do this. I need to know how to do that. And I was like, no, really, I can just start with a basic wheel and have this experience and learn as I go. And then I'll probably be better suited to know what I truly need um, rather than just kind of getting everything straight out the gate and making it the perfect little clay studio and then, and then getting started, you know, like I think I'm literally starting in a concrete bunker with like a potting wheel and a tiny kiln. And I realized the other day I didn't even have a sink for water. So that was <laughs> uh, one of those <laughs> things, but, it, but it's like, I've got forward progress now and I'll learn what works and what doesn't and you know, what benefits uh -huh. me and what doesn't things like that. How do you, how do you kind of get your clients um, or the people that you're speaking to out of this space of, um, like, you know, being stuck in what they think they should be doing or what they have to be doing or anything like that? Yeah, that's that's a very good question. <laughs> and um, if I had a nickel, you know, every time someone comes, that's what the problem is, is that they're stuck. And I think the first thing that I do with my clients or if I'm speaking or wherever I am is to find out, you know, where do you think you're stuck? So a lot of people say, look, because um, a lot of my clients are unsatisfied professionals. I mean, they're doing good in their career, but they just feel stuck somehow. And what 
it, the area of their life they think they're stuck at is not really where they're stuck because you can be stuck, you know, energetically, emotionally, um, financially, and they all speak to each other. So the first thing I, I help people to do is to be aware of how did they get into this stuck position. And usually, most of the times, when we get stuck in whatever area in our life is, because we were chasing a dream that's not ours, we're, trace, we're chasing a goal that is not really meant for us, or we're chasing something that doesn't make us happy, and that's why we feel stuck. We feel stuck because we've been living out this script, and we've been playing the lead role for so long, we forgot how it is to be the directors of our lives, you know, to write the script for ourselves. Basically, what I'm saying is that we gave up on creating. We just started consuming. bit about whether you think that certain people are born with more creativity because I know you kind of touched on this a little bit than others or do you think it's something that we all have and that we've just kind of maybe suppressed a little bit no it's definitely something we all have and we definitely we suppress it throughout life sometimes intentionally sometimes um, subconsciously uh, sometimes because of the external factors that you know that lead us to what you know formalized education system um, can, you know, beat that out of you. I mean, the most watched TED Talk is by, you know, the late Sir Ken Robinson on how schools kill creativity. Um, so it definitely gets suppressed as we move through life. We, we all have the ability. Um, scientists tells us that, look, you know, coming up with a creative solution is a natural functioning of the human brain in processing information. It's natural. It happens naturally. You don't have to say, okay, today I'm going to be creative. Once you just prime it, you give it the right environment, you know, the right rest for your brains, you allow your brain to do what it does, it will make those connections. And um, you see, a lot of us think that we don't have creativity or we're not creative because of a misunderstanding of what creativity really is. We limit creativity to being an artistic expression. We don't realize creativity can be scholarly. It can be expressed in so many different ways, not just in an artistic manner. It's interesting because I know so many people that say, oh, I just, I, you know, I don't have that kind of talent or I can't do this, or I, oh, and I do often say I can't draw, like literally I can maybe do a stick figure, but then <laughs> me, there's me other too. creative things, you know, that I can do in ways that I can express. Why do you think it's important that we kind of tap into that creative side of ourselves? Right. And that's why I'm very excited to be on this podcast, you know, to, you know, for us to be happy, you know, to fight, to be us, right? Because creativity for me is, an identity extractor. It's very important for us to be creative and to harness our creativity because it's something that helps to identify our core existence, you know, being our authentic self, right? It helps us, like what your podcast says, to be you and to find happy. When you discover this is how you're creative, you're able to extrapolate and translate that into other aspects of your life. Right, I definitely cannot draw too well. That that's not my strong suit. That's not how I express <laughs> myself creatively. Right. And I'm an accountant. So you can imagine not being able to draw and being an accountant. I don't think there's anyone else who is qualified to say they're not creative than someone like me. But I've realized that in speaking, in writing, in communicating certain messages that I'm very creative in that I'm creative in finding solutions. I realize that through my career that I strive 
in chaos. I actually say that I create sustainable structures out of chaos. I actually thrive that way. That's how I become happy. That's how I discover my true self. And you know, when you when you know who you really are and you see the value you can deliver to society, to the workplace or whatever it is, that really brings you a lot of happiness. So it's very critical for us to harness and leverage this the creativity that's inside of each and every one of us and bring it out in our unique way. That's why I say creativity is an identity extractor. It really helps to extract the identity that we have buried inside and not just, you know, being some uniform person. I I think that these days it's like conform, conform, conform. And, and I really think it's creating a very like numbed down society of people who aren't very happy at all. You know, you, you need to wake up at this time and be at this place at this time. And you need to eat your lunch at this time. And your lunch should probably look like this. And and then you need to exercise (laughs) this way at this place. And, um, it's really sad. I, I think that, you know, early civilizations of humans, and we can say that this is progression, but I think in a lot of ways, it's actually regression. Um, you know, early civilizations of humans used to have so much more freedom of expression. Um, and I don't mean in a, in like a flamboyant way. I mean, in a humanistic way, like, I mean, in a ways of hugging and kissing and, um, exploring nature together and being vibrant and just all sorts of stuff, you know, like, I feel like there was a lot more of that than we see today. And today's kind of like, um, get in line and follow the rules. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the fourth industrial revolution really, you know, supercharged that uh, philosophy of conform, 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 specialize, specialize, specialize. And we, you know, started to lose parts of our identity Right. Um, you know, working in buildings and now working a lot more working from home. We've lost those input, those sensory, you know, input into our lives that can help spark something because creativity is about connecting dots. And if you don't have dots, then there's nothing to connect. There's no new insight that you can get. And that's why reports and a lot of research shows that people who travel a lot are more creative, you know, open to new societies or culture, trying a different cuisine. You know, it exposes you to how vast and how wonderful life really can be or is. Uh, but if you do the same thing over and over, you eat your lunch at this time, as you said, you do everything like that. It's very difficult to find any sort of life in living. And, you know, one of the things that we, as you were talking, I was thinking about is life and living. And I was thinking about this idea that you kind of touched on about being an ambassador of wellness um, and how 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 much of how have we gotten away from this idea of of really looking at the whole body, mind, body, spirit, balance and wellness component of things, you know, I mean, I think we get caught up on like the latest diet fad or something like that, but we really forget the importance of the entire component spirit to physical body. Yeah. Um, that, that's why I call myself an ambassador of wellness because we have lost touch with that a lot. We, we're very focused on, on outward expectations or identities, Right. When our identity should actually come from the inside and express outwardly. So, for example, I say, like, you know, your job should never be the source of your identity. And a lot of times we identify ourselves by our jobs, our professions, our labels, our degrees, our achievements. And really, can you find someone who can express and identify themselves without those things or internally? So when you ask me who I am, 
internally I'll tell you I'm a champion of creativity, an ambassador of wellness, and a pursuer of excellence. That's who I am at my core. And then I express that no matter what job I am or what area, you know, you'll see aspects of that coming out. And I discovered that by looking back in my life and realizing, all right, what were the things that I did that lit me up? What are the things that I had curiosity towards? You know, what are the things that I was intrigued about? And those were the three primary primary areas that I realized Look, this is who I am. No matter where I am, no matter what environment, this is just who I am at that level. And when you you don't have the time to be honest with yourself, when you don't have the time to find that balance mentally, spiritually, emotionally, energetically, you know, and every other aspect, even physically and nutritionally, then you really do a disservice to your wellness. And I keep telling people wellness and happiness are not things to achieve. You can't say, look, I meditated for 10 minutes or I did this or I walked for 20 minutes. So now I'm in wellness. It's not something to be um, attained. It's something to be, it's a condition to be maintained. You know, two thoughts that I have on that. One, uh, one thing that I really like that you say is like, we tend to get defined by our labels a lot. And I think it's a, a very self-limiting belief. You know, I'm a mom, I'm a, an accountant, I'm a whatever, uh, rather than just like saying, no, I'm just this energetic being that's experiencing life and all it has to offer. You know, we get so stuck up in these titles. And the, one of the other things that you say that I really like is you say, that you tell people to stop betraying their breath. And that really resonated with me. Can you share a little bit about that? Oh, yes, I wanted to talk about that on the wellness. We, be, we betray our breath when we operate in this constant anxiety, you know, high anxiety environment. When we betray our breath, we are really surrendering our right to think. We're surrendering our right to take control of situations, at least the parts of it that we can. When we betray our breath, what we're doing is that we're allowing whatever is happening outside of us to be more important. We're elevating it above the, what's going on inside of us. You know, And what goes on outside of you should never be higher or more important than what's going on inside of you. Because to some extent, you can't control what's going on outside of you. You can definitely control what's going on inside of you. So when you get into a stressful situation and you respond with stress, you are allowing that external stimuli, that external environment to dictate what you're going through. And that definitely throws your wellness out of balance. Breathing is the one key thing that makes it, it gives you that homostasis, you know, that balance despite of what's going on. Look, I, I sub, sum it up like by saying this. A lot of times we get stuck, we get frustrated, we get unhappy in life because we're trying to quiet every single storm we find ourselves in. But that's not the way to live. The best thing you should do is learn how to be quiet in and through every storm you find yourself in. And I think what's really beautiful about storms is that usually in the center of them, there's incredible stillness, which really kind of to your point of going in and not out. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like so much we we're living externally, um, what other people think, what other people say, what other people see us as, um, I, I kind of defy this a lot in my life in that I, you know, everyone around me is doing a certain thing. Like, let's say they're all getting new homes or building new homes. And, you know, here I am with my little 1968 cozy home, that I, like remodeled just the way I like it. And, you know, it doesn't have an open floor plan. And, um, and I kind of like that. I kind of like, uh, I mean, I don't like it for, you know, if we're going to have a Super Bowl party or something, because there's, you can't be in the kitchen and in the living room at the same time. 
but, the same time. <laughs> uh, but I don't, but I don't conform to these norms. And I think that a lot of people find themselves unhappy because they're trying to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. Um, what do yeah. you think about that? How, how, what do you think about those thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really trying to fit in. And I keep saying that when we do that, when we constantly try to fit in, and I don't mean be this awkward, you know, weird person all the time. It just means that, and I like the way you say it on your podcast, you know, you need to speak your truth, but speak it with grace. You know, you need to live your truth, but live it with grace. Um, too often we elevate the perception people have of us more than the perception we have of ourselves. And the reason that happens is because we don't have a perception of ourselves. We're so used to looking outward for that definition. We're so used to looking outward for that direction. And people who are creative tend to defy that and make that you know, relationship inverse or, or flip it on its head. Right? Creative people say, look, this is who I am and this is how best I can express myself or I can show up or I can be unique because creativity brings out your uniqueness. You like your house the way it is. It's not an open floor plan. Everyone is doing that. You have decided, look, well, is this in line with my mission? Is this going to make me happy? Is this you know, in line with my purpose? Um, can I actually do this? Is this playing on my strengths? You, you ask yourself those questions, you know, even subconsciously, and that's why you decide, no, this is what I like. This is the way I feel it. And it doesn't mean that we can't be influenced positively from people around us. You know, like if I grew up in a society or an environment where an People aren't working, no one, you know, everyone is just on welfare, you know, and I see someone in, you know, around me who gets a job and starts to, you know, or starts a business. I mean, that's good positive influence, right? But it means having, being able to filter. And the challenge and position we find ourselves in is that we don't have a filtering process of what's going on around us and in the world that we see to see how it matches up with what's going on inside of us. Mm, I dig that. I really like what you said there. They don't have to exist in a, in a, in a vacuum. So like you can have your self identity and your creative expression, and you can also be influenced in positive ways from other people. I like that a lot. And as you were talking, I was even thinking about my clothing style and just like forever I've worn like, you know, what I would, what I used to describe as boho and now it's like trendy, you know, <laughs> and, and it's funny because you know, people would be like, in my life, they'd be like, are you wearing gauchos? <laughs> you know, and is that, a, is that tie-dye, you know, or whatever? Is that wow. like lacy, you know? And, and I'm like, yep, this is what I'm rocking today. This is what I'm wearing. And so, like, I even wore some, I, I've worn gauchos forever, as example, but um, I wore some gauchos to Thanksgiving, and I was kind of looked at like, what <laughs> is she wearing? And that, And then, not kidding you, not even kidding you, I got like I get a, I got a couple like there's free fashion magazines that come trying to sell you clothes in the mail, and they like mm -hmm. all the women had gauchos on, and I was like, there oh. it is, you know, like it's not, it's rewarding when you see, uh, that you that you maybe were that maybe your creative style can be embraced by other people. So same same the flip side of that that you can influence others by standing out with your creativity others who may think oh i just have to wear skinny jeans you know or whatever they can mm -hmm. and i'm talking to my women audience here robert i realize she's probably <laughs> like i don't know what she's saying um but but uh my my but not to not to out anyone there's probably a lot of men who really enjoy fashion too but but my prime my audience is primarily yeah. female so uh yeah, yeah that. and that you can inspire other people by being the weirdo a little bit you know 
Yeah, and it's I I love those sorts of experiences, and that happens to me so regularly. Like I get this vision or I get this inclination to do something, and no one else is doing it. Um, you know, find myself as a maverick in a lot of situations, and then you know, like maybe a year, sometimes even five years later, like everyone is doing it. I'm like, what? Like, why did I stop? You know, and it just yeah. <laughs> my hus- was... my husband will say, hey, it doesn't count if it took five years. I'm like, no, nope, I started it. <laughs> <laughs> I started it. <laughs> now I he did. just says, I mean, yeah, yeah, give... you started it. You always started it. <laughs> I'll give you a funny story. When I was younger, I used to go to different events and just take pictures, you know, on um, um what are those cameras used to be called? They weren't even digital cameras then. You know, we used to have to get the film and take it to be um washed. I can't even remember what it's yeah, called. Those well, days are so long well, ago. What are they called? The Polaroid like style. Or yeah, not Polaroid. Yeah, something, but, not Polaroids. Oh, um, like yeah, Kodak. Kodak style. What were those? Yeah, something like a Kodak. Yeah. I can't I don't know why it slipped my mind. And I used It'll to do that. To and I used to be the I used to be the only person at the event standing in front taking pictures and people were like, sit down, you're blocking us and you know, and everything. I was like, I just want to capture the memory, you know, like every event, you know, especially where children are involved, a graduation or something. And I spent a lot of money to buy the cameras because back then they were very expensive. And yeah, the discouragement was very, very heavy. Um, and you know, when you're not used and prepared to being the weirdo and no one coaches you how to be a weirdo, if in quotation marks, I gave up on it. And then now photography is just, it's, it's it's just a new thing. And I was like, man, I can't believe I stopped. I mean, but I, I don't get disappointed. I don't get upset about it. It just shows me that the next inclination, I got to stick with it. I got to stay with it. And it's going to reveal something about me because there's nothing lost. And one thing I keep saying that when you explore and live in a creative life, nothing is ever wasted. No experience is ever lost because I still learned something from that experience. Oh, I like that. I like that you don't have to kind of like, dang it, I should have stuck with it, but rather just take it for what it is and know that next time stick to your guns on something. I I really do like that. I love that. Um, It's funny because quite a few years ago, I had started sharing quotes on my, like ones that I had created on my Instagram. And Mm -hmm. at the time I cared about engagement, I absolutely do not now. (laughs) As a matter of fact, (laughs) I see low engagement is that I'm doing something right in the sense that, uh, because there's so much in the way of like censorship and shadow banning and all that kind of stuff these days, but yeah, and the algorithms. <laughs> uh huh, uh huh. But um, so I didn't, I didn't stick to it, you know. I was like, oh, you know, people would rather see, you know, my adventures than this quote or whatever. And then the holistic psychologist and her and her webpage kind of blew up, and I was like, man, I was, you know, I was with that chick from early on, you know, and I had been doing it kind of before but I didn't stick to it. It was kind of that thing. Like I knew in my heart that I'm a word slayer by nature. That's just what I do. And I didn't, I didn't stick to my authentic self. I got kind of shaded and shadowed by what society thought I should be doing or whatever. And, um, more recently I was kind of just over putting myself, um, out on Instagram as much just for a lot of different reasons. And I started doing my quotes again and, not given AF about what the engagement was. And it's funny to see it come full circle now. And it was like, man, if I had just stuck with it back then, you know, I could have reached a lot more people in a positive way than I have. And, and I come at that knowing that my intentions are true. And I often ask myself, am I coming from an ego base? Or am I coming from an altruistic self? And if it's, I'm coming from an ego base, then I know it's never going to succeed. 
But if I'm coming from an altruistic point, especially one where I want to help others or in some way this is helping myself, then I find that I have great success, even if I'm not successful, if that makes sense. I love that. I absolutely love that. You can have success without being successful. I love that. And I'm going to tie in so many concepts that we've been talking about um, like this. We all need to be able to break the strong bond of expectation and replace it with a stronger bond of inspiration. I said that again. We need to break the strong bond of expectation. And, and the, the bond of expectation is that, you know, the successful, being seen as successful, hitting those numbers. And I, I don't say, I don't mean numbers are not important and metrics are not important, but too often that is what's driving us, like what you said from a, an ego standpoint. And we need to be, have a stronger connection with inspiration. What's inspiring you? What, what's calling out of your soul and out of your spirit to do, to serve people? And for you, it was, you know, getting the quotes and everything. It, it all, it's all about being consistent with it. Being consistent with it, no matter how things are going, no matter what the reception is. And some people are like, okay, look, you can clearly see um, this is not working out, let it go. And the problem is when that bond um, connection to expectation is so strong, I'll tell you what happens. And, and, and I'm sure your listeners can identify with this, that we end up into a state of overwhelm. We end up into a state of overwhelm a state of exhaustion, and then that's how we get stuck. We get overwhelmed because the bar keeps changing. Okay, I got to do this to be accepted. I got to do this to be liked. I got to do that. So you're just constantly, you know, someone is constantly moving your cheese, you know. So you're like, okay, what do I need to do now? Like I'm doing everything. Things are still not happening, you know. And then you, you go online and someone says the top 10 things you got to do to grow your channel or whatever it is, and you do it and it still doesn't work and you get so frustrated. You're like, what? which one should I do? How about taking a deep breath, Stop betraying your breath and said, what does your audience need? What do you feel you need to serve? I mean, that's what you got to do because that's how I got into speaking. Like people tell me, wow, what you just said was so inspiring. And I was like, what? Like, I, I don't think it is. And I started to reflect upon it. I was like, okay, so why did they find that inspiring? And then I'll follow up. And then I realized, whoa, okay, I need to pick up this speaking thing, whether or not I'm good at it or not. I'm just going to be consistent with it because this is how... This is an avenue in which I can serve and speak my truth. And, and I think that um, it's so hard to speak our truth when we're afraid. And I'm really encouraging people right now to step out of that space of fear and start living, you know, really start ex experiencing life because we, you know, I posted this on, on my Instagram yesterday. If you, uh, if you are living in fear of dying, you're not living at all. You're just waiting to die. You know, if you are living in fear of speaking your truth, you're not speaking your truth at all. You're just, you know, conforming to what everybody else wants, wants to hear. And I just don't think that's a way to live. And, and it's a lot riskier and it's a lot harder. But one thing I definitely believe in my heart is that we are in this place right now, uh, globally, energetically or whatever where we are absolutely shifting uh, and you can either stay behind in these old kind of structures and norms, or you can watch them collapse and start living the life that you want to live. I really believe that. I, I love that also. And I might add that, you know, one of the most powerful ways to speak your truth is to learn to be silent I think that's yes. one of the most powerful ways to speak your truth. I saw that meme the other day. I saw a similar meme. It said something like, 
the most powerful voice is the one who can stay silent when being yelled at or something like that. And I, or not yelled at, wow. but it was something to that effect. And mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, wow, that's so true. You know, you know your truth so well that you don't need to defend it. <laughs> like, Absolutely. You know, because so what powerful. happens if we, we get into this like argument and having to show and to justify, right? And that's, that's not, that's, you're not being true to your truth, right? Like you need to get to a point where your truth is so dear to you that you're, you're okay with being silent, that you don't have to be seen like this. Because when you do that, you're now trying to strengthen that bond of expectation. You need people to know this is your truth, you know, and, and this is whatever. It, it will come in time, you know, allow it to, to evolve and to organically grow and foster and people your truth will come out like that so that's one of the most powerful ways for you to speak your truth is just learning to be silent and learning to be and have that inner peace and and be happy because i don't think you can be happy without peace i just don't think that can happen i agree i agree and you know what's crazy is i've just found more and more especially on the heels of, you know, the shit show of 2020, that if I, if I stay silent or with resolve or take a breath before I act on something, it's like boundlessly more powerful. Like, it, I mean, it's just insane how much more effective. Um, I even had a woman who, you know, posted something that was like a mile long comment on one of my posts the other day. And I had that guttural reaction to kind of like back. And I said, no, I'm going to just go about my day for a hot minute and procrastinate on replying, you know? <laughs> and, um, and eventually I kind of processed things. And then I even reached out to a friend and I said, Hey, you know, how would you honor this person with a reply? Uh, because I think when you take that that wording approach, how would you honor someone? Then you realize that like showing up defensively or aggressively doesn't honor yourself and it doesn't honor them, you know, and it's real powerful when you can kind of pause and reflect that way and, and have that, uh, you know, hold that space for showing up in a way that's just a little bit lighter, a little bit brighter, a little bit more positive and a little less nasty, you know, and, uh, so she replied to me with a beautiful, because she wasn't attached to it. She replied to me with a beautiful, um, thought on it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to plagiarize literally word for word, what you just said, <laughs> but it resonated with me. It resonated so much. And I replied and the woman came back in a really beautiful way. And I was like, wow, old me would have been like, get off my page. <laughs> you know? And I didn't do that. And it, and it was incredible to see what positive change could come from that. That that's, I totally identify with what you're saying and, and you've expressed it in a way that, that makes, you know, sense hearing it from you. Cause this is what I try to tell people all the time also that, you know, you, you reserve the right to reply. And I think something we got to realize is this a part of us that a lot of us are not too aware has a quite a bit of power in our lives. And that's our ego. And it shows up in some very interesting times, you know, when you least expect it. You know, so that comment really hit at your ego. And what I've learned to do is like, okay, why is this affecting me like this? You know, could there be some truth in it? You know, you know, what, what, why am I feeling this way? Could this be an unresolved issue? 
Because sometimes we don't resolve our issues, we just bury them. And then when a comment like that kind of sparks it up, we're like, we're ready to fire back because we're really fighting that unresolved issue within us. We're not fighting that person, you know. And I've, I'm, I totally understand what you're saying. The old me also would have fired. I love arguing, you know. People thought at one point I should be a lawyer, you know, just to prove <laughs> my point. And I was like, you see, I told you I was right, you know. And, and I still have those instances, uh, you know. You must be a Sagittarius. A What's your birthday? August, I'm a Virgo. Uh, okay, so all right, similar in nature there. Then all right, gotcha. That that <laughs> I can relate to so much of that, you know, with my Sagittarius fire spirit going on. <laughs> but then I have and like this total oxymoron because I love water and stillness and calm, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't really understand what's happening in my in my astrological world here, but. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's how it is. I mean, you, you we have to really be aware as to what's going on inside of us. The same thing that I said, just circling back to that, because at that point, you, you really need to step back and see why why is this really affecting me like that? You know, take a deep breath and understand. And I've come to notice that that it comes from a lot of unresolved issues. And I realized, whoa, okay, I didn't really resolve that issue. It, it perhaps disappeared or I moved myself from that situation. Um, so I also work with people who start, you know, startups or SMEs, you know, entrepreneurs, and they left their jobs. The jobs were toxic. You know, the boss was bad and they went to start a business, but they never resolved that issue. So when that starts showing up or as some sort of indication of that comes up with a client, they're yelling at a client or yelling at a staff or someone, you know, and I'm like, you, you can't, continue to operate like this you you have to resolve this issue what was it about that you know your job why did you leave you know you need to resolve it have peace with yourself forgive yourself if you made mistakes and one of the things that we need to do as we deal with unresolved issues is accept where we were at fault that's the breaking point you know i gotta accept okay you know what i have this issue because you know what i was actually wrong and for you to do that it means you have to stay calm take a deep breath and just be very honest with yourself I like that. Honest with yourself and take a deep breath. Holy moly. It's amazing when you just, you know, express the gap between your feeling and your reaction. And it's, it's really powerful, even if it's just a couple of seconds, you know? Um, and I see this in a, a lot of times when I'm working with couples and I'm not saying mm-hmm. that I don't do this myself, but, uh, I'll literally often say to them in session, I'll say, slow it down. Like, hold on a sec. Like, you guys just rapid fired so many words in one, you know, 30 second window that I don't even know what happened. And I can only imagine how they, you know, people get into that kind of rapid fire. And we don't listen to each other and we don't take in what the other person is saying. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes there's really beautiful messaging in, in what the other person is trying to say. I mean, you know, if you can listen underneath and get to that kind of layer of vulnerability, it can be really powerful for your relationship, for you, for everyone, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, what I'll add to that also is if when you start exploring your creative side and you start being, you know, living authentically, you have to, and I, I didn't know this until later on, you have to know and understand your power because you get a lot of power when you lean into your creativity. You have a lot of power and that can, um, what's the word? It can, you know, raise up a lot of fear in other people. So you may be getting some responses because one, what you're saying is very powerful and you've not realized how powerful that is. So the response you're getting, you're, you're, you're hitting at some, you know, some deeper dimensions of people. And I realized that 
you know, only later when I started speaking and started sharing, I, you know, I'll just be saying things like in three minutes, I'm like, look, look, you've moved on to such another powerful point. I'm still on point one, you know, and I, I need a time to re, you know, to think that deeply because I've not been thinking that deeply. So sometimes one of the, I don't want to call it a flaw, but a downside that, you know, when we lean too much into, not too much, but when we lean into our creativity a lot, we tend to forget that others aren't also at that space. And then, you know, you have to recognize the power that you have, the power in what you do and what you say. And that's why you find people say, look, nah, if someone compliments you like, oh, you're so creative or you're, so, you, you're such a good thinker, you're so kind, like, no, I'm not. You know, we need to stop that. You know, we need to stop that negative self-talk, you know, accept it evaluate it, you know, and, and start to acknowledge, look, you have power. You have power in the words that you say. You have power in your truth. You have power in your life. You have power. You value. You have such a unique place in this world. Oh, I just I just so love that. Um, hey, could you share with the listeners how they could get a hold of you? Because I'm sure they're absolutely going to want to do that after listening to this podcast. <laughs> All right. You can get a hold of me online on uh, my website, www.robertabell.com. Um, on social media, I'm robertabell.com across, you know, LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, Facebook. You can find me on the major platforms and you can also get in contact with me and my words and my writings with my book. I released a book last year called Blow the Lid Off, Reclaim Your Stolen Creativity, Increase Your Income and Let Your Light Shine. Available so on awesome. Amazon and, and wherever books are sold. <laughs> and as always, we share those links in the show notes. We thank you so much for being here today, Robert, and sharing your inspiration and uh, guidance as a transformational speaker in the world. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me, and I wish you guys a wonderful day today. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.